Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. What is up, Messed Up listeners? Welcome back to a bonus episode of the Messed Up Podcast. We are here with old friend, recurring guest, Wayne Randazzo. You know him from doing the radio games of the Mets, now the Angels, also Apple TV. I think question that most people definitely want to hear. You have the privilege of watching Shohei Otani play every single day. There was a, a weird survey that went viral on Twitter earlier this week via Morning Consult that said Shohei Otani is not one of the 25 most popular players, Major League Baseball players in America. And I just want you to kind of tell the people what it's like watching him every single day. Wax poetic about Otani. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. I mean, I saw you had the number two highest um, jersey sale with, with, right, right there with Ronald Acuna. I'm surprised he's not number one. I mean, Shohei is um, really, a, the, we call him the unicorn. I mean, he's the ultimate baseball player he, he could he's like the, the best kid in little league and doing it on, on the major league scale um the the fact that he can hit the way that he does on the days that he pitches i mean he's hit close to 400 on the days that he's pitched this year and he's been a, a hit away from the cycle three different times in games that he has started he's had like five three hit games as a starting pitcher this year but that's the next day you know when when a starting pitcher throws six seven innings and then he needs that time to recover and rest and, and get prepared for the next start, those those four or five days off in between, he doesn't take those. I mean, he's he's hitting every single day. He has only missed two games all year. And it's that next day, I think, that really is the most impressive, that he comes back from a seven-inning performance on the mound and goes right back into batting second or third in the lineup or even leadoff some days and is a, a main part of the Angels' offense. I mean, he's been one of the best sluggers in all of baseball over the last few years. This year leads the major leagues in home runs and, and, and triples and many other categories that he is setting the, the standard in throughout the game. Plus, he's, a, he's one of the best starting pitchers. You know, he's not had a, the, the best year as a starting pitcher, but he still had a really good one. He's on pace for to have a, a 50 home run season or, or more, to strike out 200 hitters or more. On the mound, I, I mean, it's it's there's nothing ever that's been like it. You know, there's there's always those comparisons to Babe Ruth. Really, it's surpassed anything that Babe did as a two-way player because he really didn't do it as a two-way player. He, he pitched as a member of the Red Sox. He hit as a member of the Yankees. He really didn't cross over much. It was, I think, one year where Ruth was really considered a two-way player in, in 1919 or the year before he went to the Yankees. So uh, there, there really hasn't been anything like this. And, and I, I show he's locked up the MVP in, in, 
he, he locked it up in June. And I don't <laughs> think many players can really say that, but there's there's no way anybody's going to be the American League MVP aside from Shohei. No, as long as that guy exists, it's going to be tough to beat. Speak about the energy at the stadium because you're doing the Angels games now. What's it like when he's on the mound, when he's you know in the game? Like, how does the the vibes just kind of go up a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's it's changed. I think as the season has gone along. I mean, keep in mind he won the MVP two years ago, and and he was close last year. It really took Judge's 62 homer season to get Shohei to not win MVP last season. So. I think from the beginning of this year to where he is now, considering how well he's done, there's a real buzz in the ballpark now when Shohei is batting, uh, let alone the times that, that he's pitching and batting. I think those games always have an extra jolt to it. You know, it's, it's similar to, to being around the Mets when Jacob deGrom would pitch, really at the height of his powers. You know, the, those moments when deGrom was pitching, you felt it in the ballpark. There was a different electricity. And it's like that when Shohei's pitching and hitting in the same games. But I think it's like that now every time he bats. And you know, we saw it at the All-Star game, how the Mariner fans took to Shohei. And I'm curious if that's going to start a trend around some of the stadiums the Angels go to now, that there will be a, sort of a different reverence for Shohei and, and almost a recruitment from from opposing fan bases. And, you know, we'll... we'll hopefully see it at city field when when the angels come there at the end of august yeah i even think i saw a month or two ago that um the cubs were selling otani jerseys in their team store like during their games it seems like there's every every baseball fan every baseball team has kind of come together to like marvel at the magnificence that has been otani this year but you mentioned the energy at city field you're going to be in city field recording this friday morning tonight for the apple tv broadcast of the mets and dodgers what are you most excited to be back at City Field for? Like, who are you most excited to see? What are you most excited to do in New York? Anything? I don't know. Shake Shack, I think, is, is, the, <laughs> is the one thing I'm looking forward to. Um, no, it's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm excited to be back at City Field. It's a special place to me. You know, eight, eight seasons with Mets Radio, and uh, I'm excited to, to walk into the Mets Radio booth and give Howie a hug and, and Madge and, and see those guys. Um, you know, I was talking about it yesterday with some people, just even the, the people around the ballpark, you know, Big Dom down in security and, um, you know, just the different faces you see at City Field uh, in the video boardroom and the food room. I mean, it's there's a, just a great sense of community amongst people that are working there and that are involved in the Mets organization. And, um, you know, I, I miss that. I miss uh, being at the ballpark. I think it's a great stadium. And. I haven't seen the video board in person yet, so that'll, that'll be the first time seeing that. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to be there and, and you know, I, uh, I see some familiar faces around uh, the, whether they're people that work at the ballpark or, or Mets fans that are there. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun night for me to be back at City Field. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Since we last spoke, there's been a lot of different things going on with you. Obviously, you were with the Mets with the radio. Now you do the Angels and you have the Apple TV games as well. What would you say the biggest differences are between maybe the three? Like, what would you have to change or alter, if anything? 
when you do a national game, I think it's it's a different sort of bear. I mean, you really have to get to know these teams. You want to avoid um, the whatever fan base saying, "Well, you don't know our team. You don't you don't know what's going on. You're not watching every day. You don't know the the ins and outs of that particular team." Um, so there's a lot of research and a lot of, of reading and a lot of uh, watching highlights and stuff just to to get to to avoid that. I mean, really, you want you want to sound like you have a handle on, on what's happening with, with these teams. Now, tonight's game will be a lot easier for me. I, I certainly know the Mets, still keep up with the Mets, and the Dodgers are not far from where the Angels are. And you almost – I always felt like being with the Mets, I knew the Yankees too. It just felt like osmosis just from being around in New York that, that the Yankees were in your face too. So there was, there was a lot um, – you know, if you read any of the New York papers, you would read – just even come across Yankee stuff. And uh, it, it's different learning about them than it would have been another team from another city. So uh, Mets-Dodgers is a, is a good matchup. And, and for me, it's an easy one to, to prepare for. But I think week to week, you know, it's, it depends what, which teams you get and um, how, you know, how much that, that entails the preparation to, to get ready so that you're not uh, blind on, on things that are happening with, with that team in that moment. So uh, it, it's a lot of extra work doing the national. It's a lot of extra travel doing the national game too. I mean, I, I got to go back to, to California tomorrow morning for the for the Angels and Astros tomorrow night. So there's a there's a lot of back and forth, you know, doing the national games. We we end up in New York quite a bit between uh, the Mets and the Yankees. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of times up here in the Northeast for somebody that's working uh, in Southern California largely. So. Um, those, those are some of the main differences, but it's, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, I think Apple TV's done a really nice job putting this package together, uh, especially in the second season and, and now, you know, moving forward. So it's, it's been good. The angels job has been great. Uh, working with Mark Gubaza, you know, was, was a, a great pitcher for the Royals kind of, uh, you know, I think similar to, to Ron Darling with, in his time with the Mets is, is kind of Gubaza's role with the Royals. And now um, he's been doing Angels TV for a long time. He's made it a really easy transition for me. And uh, it's it's been great. I, I, I love the job and, and the opportunities that I've been given for this year. So last year you had maybe the biggest call uh, in baseball during that time uh, was when Albert Pujols hit 699 and 700 at Dodger Stadium while you were doing the Apple TV broadcast. What's it like to have your voice attached to such a historic moment? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's really a, a surreal situation that, that unfolded there. I mean, for Albert to hit two home runs in, in one game. And when, you, when you're doing these Friday night games, you get one game. You come in and you, you do the game, you leave. So uh, to walk into history on, on a two-homer night from a guy who was nearing the end of his career, uh, it was it – was, uh, it was absurd, really. I mean, I, it was it was really a special moment, and, and Albert uh, seemed pretty determined just to get it done that night at Dodger Stadium in front of a, a Dodger fan base that I think he appreciated from his fairly brief time there, but kind of resurrected his career there. And you know, then going back to the Cardinals to finish it off and get to 700, uh, it was it's it's still nuts because I still hear it. You know, I'll still you watch a video highlight package or whatever comes across and MLB's promotions. And, and there it is. And, um, you know, it, it was exciting. That's for sure. And to be at Dodger Stadium, sitting in Vin's booth, 
you know, I, I know Joe's uh, Joe's been there a while now, but still Vin's booth, the Dodger Stadium. And, uh, you know, it's seeing that historic moment, calling it and being the only voice associated with it, really. Uh, it's it's something that I'll cherish forever. I was weirdly at that game. I flew into L.A. because I was doing a YouTube video where I went to three games in 24 hours. And me and my friends were joking. We we're like, oh, he's going to do it today. Did you have any idea or any feeling? Was there like a gut feeling that he would hit 700 that day? You know, I did. I, he had hit 499 and 500 in the same game uh, as well. So there was some precedence to it. You know, he kind of rises to the occasion in those moments. I was, we were prepared for it. You know, I talked to Howie actually about it earlier in that week. And I asked him, you know, I said, I might run into history. I might run into 700. What, you know, what advice do you have about calling a moment like that? And he, he kind of gave me his, his words of wisdom as he often did. And, um, you know, I took, took that into that, to that night, knowing that it was a possibility. And really the, the, the bigger possibility was that if he hit one, you'd have it at least in at bat or two with 700 on the line. And Andrew Heaney was starting for the Dodgers, gives up a lot of home runs, uh, a lefty. Albert had been crushing lefties. So I thought 699 was a real possibility. And when he got to 699 early in the game, I, I, I would have bet money that 700 was coming next. I, I was I was ready. So he didn't, and he didn't waste any time. The next inning, that he hit his 700th home run. So it was it was in the air that night that, that he was getting it done. You mentioned Howie, and I just remember from listening to radio games over the last, I don't know, like half decade, you and him, your chemistry got so good. You almost felt even attached to the hip like seeing you guys at the ballpark sometimes. And your chemistry was just off the charts. So you could feel it listening every single game, every single pitch, every single inning. And now you do these... Um, you the Apple games with Dontre Willis, but there's less time to build that relationship. But you can still like feel the way that you guys kind of come through and bounce off each other during the broadcast. What's it like developing chemistry with a broadcast partner that you do games with so sparingly compared to someone like Howie, who you guys were just had this like incredibly close day to day relationship? Yeah, that's yeah, a good question. You know, I think it, 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 it's kind of organic how those things develop. I mean, Dontrell, unfortunately, not doing the game tonight. Uh, you know, we're happy to have Dan Fleesack as well, who's, who's really good. And I think, uh, you know, easy to get along with as well. So um, Dan will be in there tonight and uh, for the next couple of weeks. But, you know, Don Terrell, I think, really loves baseball. You know, he loves he loves it. And he's and it comes across on the air. And it's easy for me as somebody also loves it um, to to play into that and, and, you know, find his strengths and what what he's good at and the things that he likes and um, you know how, and I think he's he's good about getting that out of me too. So, you know, it's developed quickly, and you know we've been, we're really friendly off the air, and we we make sure to get dinner together before each Friday night game, and and, and hang out, you know, the way that we can um, from week to week. So, uh, you know, those things just sort of develop. It, it really it, it it's kind of just luck of the draw. And I think that what you see on Mets TV. And what you hear from from heard from Howie and me on Mets Radio are all things that just kind of developed naturally, um, you know. And, and fortunately, those things have been there largely when when I'm when I've been around. Um, you know, it, it's certainly possible that it goes the other way, and and there's been many you know considerations of that over the years too on different broadcasts, where sometimes people don't get along that well or don't like each other much and sometimes still produce a good broadcast where you can't really tell um, that, that that's happening. 
Um, you know, certainly I'm sure the Mets have, have run into that too over the years. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I think that if you're uh, on the air and you're, you're making it the best you can, you, you try to work around any sort of, you know, negativity that might be in that booth anyway. But fortunately for me, I have not really experienced that much. And, and the, the partners that I've had, um, you know, especially Howie and, and now Dontrell on Fridays, and even Mark Gubaza too on Angels TV, um, you know, that, that those relationships are, are good and, and it comes across that way on the air. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With the Dodgers-Mets series, Apple TV broadcast coming up, paint a little picture for us, previewing the series, what we can expect, what we're looking for here with the storylines. I mean, the Dodgers have been playing great. I mean, they really went into the All-Star break kind of hitting their stride. Mookie especially. Mookie Betts has, has been just crushing the ball lately. And, you know, the Dodgers' last series was against the Angels, so I, I saw them going right into the break. And they, they hit nine or ten home runs in that series. It was two games. Uh, they had five on Friday, and I think they had five against Saturday. I got them blacked out by the end of that on Saturday. But, um, you know, they're, they're rolling, and, and maybe they get cooled off by the All-Star break. But going into the break, they were red hot. You know, their pitching has been not as good as usual. The bullpen especially has been not as good as usual. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different how the Dodgers are doing it. They're scoring a lot. The first four guys in their lineup are carrying them with, with the four All-Stars, Betts, Freeman, uh, Will Smith, and J.D. Martinez. So they're playing well, and, and Urias is pitching tonight. Uh, and you guys know where the Mets are right now. They, they, need, they need wins. They need them fast. You know, and the, I think in the next couple of weeks – it's really a determining factor. You know, people are still, people are saying you know, definitively that, that the Mets aren't this or that going into the trade deadline. I don't know how anybody would know that. I don't think the Mets know that right now. Uh, you know, you're six games under 500. And if you fall further back in these next couple of weeks, uh, it would be silly not to make, make some trades that benefit you later. Uh, so I, I, I do think they would sell the trade deadline to some degree. I don't think they're going to just trade everybody. But to some degree, that they're gonna they're gonna be sellers if they don't turn things around. They they have to. So we'll we'll see what what happens here in the next couple of weeks. But it, it's it's a tough series to start for the Mets coming out of the gate. There are always competitive games against the Dodgers. There's always juice in the stadium at City Field when the Dodgers are there. So I would expect tonight and the next couple of nights to to be fun. And Urias Verlander is is a, is a cool way to start. You know the post All Star break schedule. Really cool way to start the post-All-Star break schedule. And the Mets had a fantastic year last year when you were doing their games. Now this year, the Angels are having an amazing year as you've switched to doing their games. Is there any part of you that feels guilty at all for taking the Wayne Randazzo good luck out, out west? No. <laughs> I wish I, I wish it was uh, full season luck because the Angels the Angels really struggled going into the yeah. All-Star break. You know, they, they had a really good season going. They were sitting in a, in a wild card spot. They weren't far out of first. You know, they had a great series at, at Texas. They won three yeah. out of four. Uh, and they were making their move. They won the next series after that around Father's Day weekend, and they have not won a series since then. 
So it is it has been a rough go for the Angels in in the last couple of weeks. They have they've been crushed with injuries. You know, Trout is out for who knows until when after he broke his handmade bone. That's a huge loss. Their rookie shortstop has been out. Um, that's been a huge loss. Brandon Drury, who was a, a former Met, uh, has had a good season. He's he's missed some time lately, and Anthony Rendon just can't stay on the field. So uh, it's it's been really tough for them. Um, I'm surprised. You know, Rendon is surprising to me. We, we saw Rendon in the National League East, and he was just a crusher. And, uh, you know, he, he looks like he's, he's thinned out a bit over the last few years, and he just can't stay on the field. I mean, he just gets hurt almost every time that he bangs into something or fouls a ball off himself or what takes a weird step. He's go, he goes on the I.L. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange to see how Rendon is now compared to how he was in Washington because he was, he was just an absolute beast every time he had a bat in his hand. So the the Angels need that guy to come around, and they need to have some some health in the in the second half here, to to, to stay in the race and 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 try to keep pushing. Angels also brought an old friend of the team, Eduardo Escobar. Have you gotten a chance to talk to him? Check in. How's he doing over there? He's good. You know, he's an American citizen now, so he's he's happy. He's he's really uh, moved forward in that, and and he's he's really I think done that for his family, and uh, feels like he can bring his parents over now, and and. And things will be good for for his family moving forward. So uh, he's good. You know, they they said when he got there, uh, you know, he he was traded uh, during the the Mets Phillies Apple TV game yeah. that that I did a few weeks ago in in Philadelphia. He was traded in the middle of the game to the to the Angels. Uh, talk about a, a weird position to be in for me. It was that was that was I could not believe that happened. But um, you know, they said that he the way that they greeted him. It was like he had been with the Angels for ten years already. He just he just comes in and and already kind of sets that that ground as somebody that um, is well respected in the locker room. Um, so you know, hopefully, Eduardo has some good moments. You know, he certainly had a great September for the Mets last year, and oh, yeah. and if you can find some of that for the for the next couple of months. I think that would really help the Angels. Yeah, we definitely know Eduardo Escobar has the uh, the potency to get hot at any given moment, but. Wayne, going to wrap this up, ask our last question. Thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. Just, we have a lot of, I'd say our viewership kind of skews younger for this podcast, and a lot of these people are aspiring sports journalists, sports commentators, sports media members. Do you have any advice you want to give to any young aspiring broadcaster? As someone who, if anyone listened to this podcast last year, Wayne has traveled from from the depths now to near the heights. What, what could you tell the young people listening to this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... it's um, it, you, you get what you put out, what you put out, I think, at the end of the day. You know, the, the more you work you put in, the more uh, time you spend on it, the, the more networking you do. I mean, the, just the, the all-around kind of time and effort that it takes to get good at this, um, it, it pays off. I, I think it will, it, you know, hardly anybody uh, that I think has really gone after it in that way is still stuck somewhere that is not where they expect it to be in some way. So I, I think the more you put into it and, and the more you, you really go for um, getting better, meeting people, you know, taking advantage of your opportunities, uh, the further that you'll get ahead. Um, you know, it, it does take a lot of persistence. Um, certainly on, and as I've gone along here, you know, I, I've, I got passed up for this or that. There was a lot of rejection, but you just, you just keep grinding it out and you hope that as you improve, uh, you know, you see more avenues that open up for you. Um, so, you know, I was, I was fortunate to land where I did, you know, nine years ago now or eight years ago when I first got to the Mets in 2015, 
and uh, you know a lot a lot more doors have opened. Uh, there's there's less rejection now. There's still some, but you know, there's still uh, you know there's there's been good opportunities too, and and you just have to take advantage. You have to be ready for when the your name does get called. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it was a good example was the the Pujols game last year. You, you have to be ready in case you you walk into something that is, is maybe bigger than something you've done before. And if you nail that moment, then I think bigger things will come from there. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that the more you grind and the more that you put make yourself ready for the for the big moment, um, you know, you should have some success along with it. Echoing what James said again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah. You guys can catch Wayne on the Apple TV broadcast Friday night Dodgers versus Mets. It's a big series for the Mets. As we know, we're super excited, Wayne, that you came on here again. You're the first or second recurring guest of the Messed Up Podcast. So thank you for doing who's that. Who's the first? Uh, Matt, Matt Eddy, the, the Baseball America guy for prospect yes, stuff. But <laughs> point. in terms of, like, since we've joined the Mets, first recurring pod, yeah. uh, uh, guest. So thank you so much again for yeah. doing this. We appreciate it. And Messed Up listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Messed Up Podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.